Hello, everyone. My name is John Mark Day, and I serve as the Director of Leadership and Campus Life at Oklahoma State University. I'm, most hap- I'm happy to be your host as well for the NASPA Leadership Podcast, which is presented by the Student Leadership Program's Knowledge Community. Today, we have a special edition of the podcast, all focused on the uh, 2020 NASPA Annual Conference that is coming up at the end of March in Austin. The Student Leadership Program's Knowledge Community has a lot of great events and programs and things for you to check out. So we wanted to give you kind of a sneak peek preview of what we have planned uh, for Austin to make sure that you can uh, mark your schedules for that. To do that, I'm really excited uh, to be here today with Liz Hammond. Liz is the Program Coordinator for Diversity and Inclusion at Davidson College. So Liz, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, we are, we are thrilled to have you. Now, you also serve on the leadership team for the Student Leadership Program's Knowledge Community. Tell us what your role is on uh, that KC. Sure. So I currently serve um, as the conference events, um, conference special events co-chair. And so there are two of us, me and Michelle Kurtz. And Michelle is actually the interim director for student involvement and associate director for operations and communications and student involvement at North Carolina State University. So I'm finishing out my two years um, in this role, and then Michelle is picking up two more years. So we'll both be at the conference um, together, and really our role is to plan out the events that you see from the SOPKC at um, the conference. So we work um, some with other, you know, different programs like pre-conference team, um, and our communications team on some events and collaborations, um, but our main role is to really work on some key events that are at the conference each year. So we are a few weeks away from, from the annual conference. Have you stopped sleeping yet out of excitement for all of the great things that are going to be happening? <laughs> Not at all. You you know me too well. <laughs> um, we are really, really excited. And, you know, we spend um, really after each conference, we'll do a little debriefing and assessment um, to gear up starting for the next conference. So we've been in planning really since, I would say, last April, May. Wow. So we're just really excited to be at the point where we can um, put these programs into action. Yeah, it's so exciting to to see all of these plans start to come to fruition and, and, and make these really great things happen. And so give us a preview. Why don't you walk us through the, the conference uh, day by day at NASPA and tell us what we can expect from the Student Leadership Program's knowledge community. Sure. Well, first, I also wanted to thank you just for having us to be able to provide this information ahead of time. Um, So I'll also mention there is the SLPKC Constituent Guide. Um, So each knowledge community has a constituent guide that um, is a one-pager that will kind of walk you through all the events for each of those. So um, you can find that online now, and then when the NASPA app has that updated, it will be available there as well. So as I'm going through each of the dates and times, locations, know that that will be um, somewhere, you, you know, for you to find that um, on the NASA app that will be um, easily reachable as well. Um, and I believe that you all will have that listed out um, on the website with the podcast as well. We will, yeah. So uh, we'll put a link to that as well as the other uh, NASPA conference info from the knowledge community will be in the uh, podcast description for this episode. Great. Awesome. Um, so I'll start with Sunday. I did want to mention the um, – 
previously has been named the Grad Prep and Communities Fair has broken out into two. So the first thing Sunday um, that is available is the um, Graduate Preparation Fair, and that's on Sunday, March 29th from 2 to 3.30, and that'll be in the Hilton Governor's Salon C. Um, so we encourage if, um, you know, you've been to that before and or know folks who want to be a part of that graduate preparation, um, you can send them that way on Sunday before the conference um, really gets kicked off that Great. evening. Um, then the pre-conference that the SOPKC is providing this year will also be um, that Sunday. And so the theme is the intersectionality of leadership development. Um, mm -hmm. So that will be um, from 1 to 4 p.m. in the Austin Convention Center, room 15. Um, and so I'll read kind of, um, kind of what they've gotten together for us. So how do our individual identities intersect and impact the lens in, the in which the work we do? As educators, we often bring together our students to discuss, analyze, and reflect and synthesize the world around us and our campuses. We know leadership is not one size fits all, and that our identities, perspectives, and experiences impact our views on leadership and our style. So this pre-conference session, um, sponsored by Student Leadership Programs Knowledge Community, will look at the intersectionality of identity and leadership development and its impact in our work as educators. Um, so really awesome topic, very excited to um, be a part of that pre-conference this year myself. Um, and the opportunity to sign up for that is through conference registration. So um, as we're marketing that, we're um, sending folks to the actual conference registration to sign up for that. Yeah, that's, that's great. So for folks who have not been to a NASA annual conference before, uh, this pre-conference does require an additional registration. And so if you are interested in going to that, we want to make sure that you have that info uh, and, and can get registered. And, and yeah, I'm really excited. We'll see, we'll, we'll see folks there. It should be great. Yes, awesome. And um, so that wraps up Sunday for the SOPKC. Um, First to start us out on that Monday are two sponsored programs. So the Student Leadership Programs Knowledge Community has sponsored three um, educational sessions this year. And so the first one to kick us off is Coaching Mentors, Molding Intuition into Intentional Mentoring Practice. Um, and so that will be first thing Monday, um, 9, 10 to 10 a.m., and that's in the Austin Convention Center, room 19A. Um, the coordinating presenter for that is Tierney Woodruff, who's a program coordinator at Texas A&M University. Um, and you can also find that on um, the NASPA app um, once it's um, – I, I believe they are already up on there. Um, so you can go ahead and add it to your schedule if you'd like. Um, and then following that program will be the asset-based Latinx leadership development, um, which is fostering identity, activating funds of knowledge, and inspir inspiring activism. Um, so that will be right after. You can um, go to Coaching Mentors and then pop over to um, asset-based Latinx leadership development. Um, it's at 10.15, so 10.15 to 11.05 a.m., and that will be in the Austin Convention Center, Room 18. Um, so they should be very close together. The coordinating presenter is Nicholas Hudson, who's a director at um, Texas A&M International University. So very excited about both of those sponsored programs. Absolutely, and I actually had the chance to catch up with Nicholas and, and hear from him a little bit more about his uh, session. And so we will uh, give everybody the chance to listen to that interview right now. Welcome, Nicholas. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you very much. Greatly appreciate being here. 
Absolutely. Well, we're, we're really excited uh, to hear your presentation at NASPA this year. But before we get into that, you know, wanted to get some of your wisdom and insight. As a Texan, what should we be looking forward to coming to Austin, Texas this year? Well, one, I think it's a great place for culture. Um, you know, Austin is an eclectic city in and of itself. It uh, has a mantra of keeping Austin weird, right? And so yeah. you can find different uh, spaces all through out. Um, and I think really, um, you know, just being prepared for just when you're coming down there, just being able to take in the different um, communities. There are so many different neighborhoods. And if you have the opportunity to leave the downtown convention area or sixth, um, 6th Street, if you can move beyond that, you're actually going to be see, able to see so much culture and heritage. Um, so yeah. Awesome. Very excited to see that and, and uh, check all that out. And you know, since this is a conference preview episode of the podcast for you, what is your number one tip for successfully navigating the NASPA annual conference? Well, one, um, it's overwhelming for so many people. I mean, yeah. you know, you think about it, it's like 8,000 folk, you know, maybe 7,000, 8,000 folk. And so just taking time for oneself and not having to do everything. You know, I think sometimes we feel, you know, especially if the university or our departments are paying for us to attend, we feel as if we have to put as much into it as possible. But taking time for yourself, being able to um, experience, one, the city, but also to just reflect. And I think oftentimes when we're there, we're just go, go, go. We don't actually take time to reflect. And I think as a native introvert myself, I would uh, need, you know, I just need to be able to like, it's okay. I don't need to go to everything. It's okay to go to the conference hotel room for an hour and take a breather, um, you know, and just really trying to figure out how can you in and of itself make it the most impactful experience that you can given your own um, experiences and your own desires, but also um, your own personality, right? And, and knowing Absolutely. that all of that changes. Right. And for those cold fans out there, reflection is an essential part of learning, right? And so you're not going to get everything yeah. out of the conference without taking that time to, to reflect on it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I think I, I really do believe that, um, you know, taking some downtime is, is an important aspect of staying at uh, NASPA. But also, I think um, developing a game plan for receptions is also um, important, you know, right? Like, uh, especially for an introvert, you know, um, Kelly Drees, uh, who uh, is a longtime NASPA volunteer um, in Region 5, and now she's in Region 6, she wrote this blog article about three or four years ago about navigating the um, annual conference as an introvert. And one of mm -hmm. her best pieces of advice was developing a game plan for receptions. And how are you, especially as introverts, going to navigate through that? So I always go back to and recommend folks read that. Um, it's a great read. That, what a great piece of advice and, and a great thing for people to think about because I think the receptions, particularly if you haven't been before, can catch you off guard as to what an important part of the conference experience that can be. And so you're right, developing that plan for how you're going to navigate that is really important. Well, tell us uh, outside of the traditional leadership canon, what, what we think of as sort of the set ideas around leadership, what are you reading or watching or listening to right now that's giving you some good insights into leadership? 
You know, I just finished over, so I just taught um, a study abroad uh, program over the winter semester in Argentina. Um, oh, wow. And one of the, um, you know, you have a lot of downtime when you're the faculty member and you're not, you know, you're between different things, sure. walking around, visiting things. So one of the books that I just finished was uh, Trevor Noah's uh, Born a Crime. And wow, that yeah. was phenomenal. And so, you know, have it on Audible and so you can hear his voice uh, and just the stories. He's a great storyteller. Um, and so there were so many connections to leadership in his uh, lived history. And it was just a wonderful experience um, to have um, in general. But I, there was just so much connection that's there. Very cool. It's fun when somebody you traditionally think of as, as a comedian is going to offer you some really good wisdom and, and some things to draw from. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, let's get into the conference. Your session this year at the NASPA Annual Conference is entitled Asset-Based Latinx Leadership Development, Fostering Identity, Activating Funds of Knowledge, and Inspiring Activism. Tell us a little bit about what to expect. Well, one, we're super excited to be um, you know, a sponsored session by the SLPKC, but we're also sponsored by the Latinx AL. And when I say we, um, it's myself, um, and currently at Texas A&M International University down in Laredo, Texas on the U.S.-Mexico border, but it's also a joint session with um, Ray Acuna Luna, who's at Washington State University in Pullman, Washington. And it's this connection uh, across the country of how are we able to tap into to the inherent lived histories and experiences of our students, um, mm. especially our you know, Latinx AO, Hispanic identifying students, right? And so how are we able to do this? And so what we're really going to look at is we're going to find specific ways that these institutions, which will be easily applicable to folks across the country, are able to tap into um, the leadership development needs um, and resources resources of um, Hispanic Latino students um, on their campuses. And so it's a really good opportunity to review Juana Borda's um, seminal piece, The Power of Latino Leadership, and, mm-hmm. and the 10 Principles of uh, Latino Leadership. But we're also looking at um, Luis Moll's um, Funds of Knowledge, um, which are often overlooked, right? So um, in uh, especially working with Latin XAO communities, this idea of funds of knowledge, things that aren't actually valued in the K-12 sphere or even in the post-secondary sphere, um, experiences that they have growing up um, or knowledge that they've gained through their families that may not be valued in the traditional social or cultural capital, and how does that work? And then finally looking at Tara Yoso's community cultural wealth, and how does that play a role in the leadership development of our students? And so we're really excited to be able to share some of our um, techniques and um, um, opportunities that we found of really strengthening the, the, uh, our Latinx AO students' leadership development. It's, it's very cool. What a great subject. Uh, obviously something that uh, y- you're very passionate about. And so tell us why this for you is, is such an important topic. Yeah. So one, um, 
uh, here at Texas A&M International University, we are a Hispanic-serving institution. And as we continue to see more and more institutions raised to that threshold minimally of 25%, we're seeing more and more, regardless, um, Latinx AO students graduate from high school and move on to post-secondary institutions. And we know that this is one of the largest demographic uh, areas of growth throughout the country. And so we need to find ways to better support um, uh, and develop our, these students and really um, paying respect to the um, you know, this uh, backpack of um, resources that they have there that traditionally most um, student affairs professionals um, may not be as familiar with um, and our traditional leadership models, right, aren't necessarily created from the lens of minoritized populations. And so this really doves well with the new um, uh, models that are coming out here. So, you know, we're focusing specifically on Latino leadership, but there's some other um, programs out there that I really think could be like a, a good connection, if that makes sense, to mm -hmm. um, to what we're doing. So, I think it's important for all of us as um, as um, professionals to really look at what type of leadership model are we. Um, uh, implementing on our campuses, um, and how do they impact our students, and what frame of reference do they have? For example, the SALT model of leadership really um, challenges the social change model of the leadership that's you know widely utilized around campuses. We use that here um, in conjunction with um, you know Juana Borda's. Um, power of Latino leadership, but we use that as a way to put it as a frame of reference and understanding that these models weren't necessarily created with and for uh, minoritized populations. And so as we continue to see an increase in Latinx AO or Hispanic identified students across the country, we really need to uh, develop um, unique leadership development um, uh, programs per um, and uh, curriculum to help them um, as they navigate through. Absolutely. Well, let's, let's dig into that a little bit more. You know, the lens that you are approaching this session through is uh, all about asset-based leadership development. So, so describe that for us and, and talk about how that model or that understanding kind of changes and influences our traditional models of leadership. Yeah, so one, um, you know, when we often think of, um, and historically throughout the literature, when we think of uh, minoritized populations, they're often thought of from a deficit perspective. And really, I, as well as um, my co-presenter, Ray, we operate from, you know, a critical race theory perspective that, um, you know, that everyone has assets, right, um, and especially minoritized populations. And you know, we really need to challenge um, the deficit models that exist out there that minoritized populations are coming um, to post-secondary institutions without having the resources that are needed, right, um, or that are um, necessary to navigate through the educational systems that have been put in place, right? And we're like, well, absolutely they can. So if we look at it from an asset-based perspective, the stuff that um, – 
you know, if you're a first-generation college student or minoritized population, you may not necessarily know the ins and outs of the institution, but you're able to navigate through it because of these assets that one has, whether it's linguistic capital or whether it's familial capital, whether it's navigational or resistant capital. We have these forms of capital that we're able to utilize from an asset perspective to be able to say, we, in our identity, have specific um, capacities to navigate through whatever life um, or whatever the institutions will throw at us. And we're able to use them as a place of power versus a pay, place of um, uh, uh, excuse me, a place of like, you know, deficit, for example. Sure. So it's really um, – it's really uh, differing um, the perspective, right, and saying, well, they may not necessarily be um, the traditional, quote-unquote, traditional type of students that are leadership models that uh, have been created for, um, but we can find ways to uh, apply those areas, or we can actually say, no, the, these students, and that's what we do, these students actually have a need to have their own sort of leadership development. And so it's looking at them from uh, their holistic um, self, right? And it's respecting and honoring their lived histories, the, their um, familial ties, um, their um, connections to um, the, the area um, and their, their histories and saying, you know, we're going we're gonna to centralize that. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like that could be pretty, you know, revolutionary in sort of our understanding of traditional leadership development. Well, I mean, I hope that it is, but, um, you yeah. know, we're not the first ones to come on this, right? And so, you know, Juana Bordas has been doing this for a while. Uh, but what we're trying to do is to say, you know, as more and more and more Latinx identified students go to higher education, we're really going to have to shift and alter it. Here at TAMU, we're 96% Latino at a median-sized um, institution. That means almost over 8,000 students are all Latinx. Latinx identifying, and we're only 8,500. So we're, we're really at the forefront in many ways of trying to figure out how do we utilize their, um, their capital um, into developing curriculum that could be uh, utilized across the country, right, that centralizes their identity um, and finds issues uh, and topics that are um, unique to them that is applicable in the larger um, uh, leadership field. Um, and similarly, at Washington State University, a very large growing um, uh, Latinx AO Hispanic population there, we're able to see, especially in a K-12 sphere, because we're looking at also from a K-12 sphere, how do our college prep programs develop leadership development or our bridge programs develop leadership um, development for our, the students that will eventually go to our institutions? Um, it, it could be um, groundbreaking, but you know, this is um, building upon the hard work of, as I mentioned, Juana Bordas, Luis Mole, uh, Judy Kiyama, and others who have really looked at funds of knowledge, um, uh, community cultural wealth in um, the college sphere. And now we're saying, great, now let's actually try to see how we can use those foundational theories um, to now uh, move into asset-based leadership development. Mm, absolutely. 
Well, this is what an exciting thing to be thinking about and working on and, and, and talking about, and really looking forward to this session at NASPA. Um, but before before we let you go, I, I always have to ask folks, you, you, you've clearly been digging into this and, and, and really living this story, but what's next for you? What's the next question about leadership that you are thinking about? Well, you know, that's a really broad um, question, but I really think one of the areas, especially since, I, you know, I work day in, day out with and for, um, you know, Latinx, Hispanics identifying students is how do we, um, as student affairs professionals, um, begin to, um, in our um, graduate prep programs, begin to move beyond the traditional concept of leadership development and really begin to um, look at a, the holistic de the development of the student as leadership and, and really reframing that. So it's like taking what we're doing and our programs and these asset-based leadership programs and really then um, – moving it to the graduate level and saying, how are we training our professionals in a way to recognize, respect, honor, um, and then implement when they become professionals, um, this asset-based leadership, um, mm. which, which I think would be, would be great. But we'll see how that goes. Sure, absolutely. That's a, it's an uh, exciting topic, but definitely a, a big one to be looking yeah. at and, and thinking about. Well, uh, folks who are coming to NASA, you can catch asset-based Latinx leadership development, fostering identity, activating funds of knowledge, and inspiring activism on Monday, March 30th at 10.15 a.m. It's going to be in room 18 of the Austin Convention Center. Uh, Nicholas, thank you so much for being here with us today, and we can't wait to see your program at NASPA. Thank you. Great. appreciate it. So that was a great conversation that I got to have with Nicholas, and I'm really excited about uh, the depth and knowledge that he's going to bring to us through that presentation. So, so Liz, I know following that presentation, uh, the Knowledge Community is sponsoring a Lunch and Lead. Tell us about that. Yes, so this is actually the second annual Lunch and Lead. Um, Michelle that I mentioned earlier had this awesome idea um, when we were planning out last year's conference events to have just a local restaurant um, spot where we could just kind of come together um, and talk about things in, you know, leadership programs. So um, the intent was if you um, wanted to grab lunch but we're afraid to miss too much session time. Um, how can we kind of infuse both of those together? Um, so she has outlined two really amazing restaurants. I'm excited. It's going to be hard to pick um, which one to go to. Um, one is Ironworks Barbecue, which is, um, I've looked it up online, kind of that um, real Texas barbecue is, um, I think, their tagline. Um, and then Gloria's Latin Cuisine. So both look phenomenal um, and really, you know, just true to Austin. So um, the topics for both of those will be um, best practices and student leadership programs. So um, we had two topics last year, and people just loved um, the topic around best practices. So we're excited to um, do that again and bring people together to um, really get to know each other um, while they're at the conference, um, kind of outside of those sessions, and um, just have some very real conversations. So um, that will be Monday. Um, after the two sponsored programs, um, Lunch and Lead will be from 12 noon to 1.30 p.m., so to give enough time and space to grab something to eat um, and then just dive into conversations about best practices. So 
Um, there will be a registration form on our social media um, once that's available, which should be, I think, early next week. Um, so we'll have that live so you can kind of pick which restaurant you'd like to go to. And it's just a great opportunity to um, get to know some folks in the Student Leadership Program Knowledge community as well. We'll have a couple of people who have volunteered to um, facilitate conversations, and then we have some folks that will be there just to attend um, as well. So I'm really excited about that, and she's put a lot of um, hard work into that, and um, we're excited to have it again. So um, really the intent is, you know, come, um, you know, we do ask that you purchase your lunch, um, but you have the Eventbrite registration form to guarantee your spot. So as we're reserving spaces, um, we can go ahead and um, guarantee your spot that way. So really excited um, to do that. And again, that will be Monday from 12 noon to 1.30 p.m. Awesome. Yeah, you know, uh, of course I'm really excited about all of the great learning and, and, and networking and conversations we're going to have at NASPA, but I can't pretend that I'm not also really excited <laughs> about the food in Austin. And so what a great opportunity to combine those two things for this. So this should be a great experience. Awesome. Yes, yeah. We're and then I know there's another event uh, Monday as well, so uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yep, so our last event that Monday that will wrap us up is the SLPKC Leadership Boot Camp. So this is a new event. Um, actually, two of our folks on the community came to us and said, um, you know, this is something that we want to do. We see it kind of as a need um, that, you know, people in leadership programs are wanting to learn how to build a program from the ground up. So um, Megan Kielty from pre-conference team and then Michelle Leo from um, Program Review, both came to us um, with this idea, and so um, our co-chairs, Avani Rana, um, and then our incoming co-chair, Rachel Winters, have been working um, with the two of them on content for this program, so I'm really excited to see. Um, and they've, I think, all been doing leadership program work for a long time in the field, so I'm excited to see um, what content they come up with. So that'll be um, our last event that Monday, March 30th in the Hilton Room, 614, from 2 to 3.15 p.m. Um, so you can come learn about the tools that's needed um, to really build out a leadership program on your campus. Um, and that will come from members of our knowledge community leadership team, which is really exciting. So a good way to wrap up that Monday. Yeah, so that's a packed Monday. Uh, lots of great <laughs> things happening, happening that day. Tell us about Tuesday now. Yeah, so Tuesday we start off again with a sponsored program. Um, so this one will be Improving Leadership Programming Through the Alumni Lens. Um, so it will be from 8 to 8.50 a.m., and this will be in the JW Marriott Room 205. The coordinating presenter for that is John Egan from Georgia Southern University. Yeah, and so John and I also uh, caught up pretty recently, and he gave us a good preview uh, and some insights into his presentation. And so let's uh, listen to that. Well, welcome, John. We are so glad to have you. Thanks for, thanks for being with us today. Awesome. Yeah, thank you for having me. I uh, actually have listened to the podcast a few times, and it's a privilege to be with you. Well, we uh, always good to, ha to have somebody around who uh, has been part of the, the community. And so one of the things I, I've got to give in, first of all, knowing that you've got these uh, two little boys who are actively trying to destroy your house constantly, uh, tell us about what parenting toddlers has taught you about teaching leadership to college students. There, I think there have got to be some parallels there. Yeah, I think, um, you know, what comes to mind for me is this idea of persisting with patience with students. 
uh, you know, you continue to coach them uh, and try to develop them, and you just have to trust at some moment they're going to have this kind of aha moment uh, and grow and mature. And, you know, it makes me think of my boys, like uh, Raiden, he's two. He's always uh, at bedtime. I'm, like, trying to wrestle him down. I'm like, hey, bud, let's uh, – Let's, uh, let's put on your pajamas or it's time to brush your teeth. And he's taking off, and I'm jumping over the couch trying to get a hold of him. Uh, and we've gotten a little traction here lately with a – it's like a monster video where monsters brush their teeth. And, uh, but, yeah, so it's like I, I trust at some point that Raiden is going to be able to put his own pajamas on and brush his teeth uh, at some point. And so I think it's just continuing to persist – uh, in believing that our students will have these sort of aha moments where they're growing, developing, and maturing. Yeah. I, it's, you know, and I think we're also always looking for videos and things that teach the lessons to our students, uh, whether that's a clip from Parks and Rec or monsters brushing their teeth, right? Like it's, it's just a continual part of the process. Yes, and I'd recommend the video for even adults. It would, it would sustain your toothbrushing for two minutes if you brushed your teeth during oh. this video. Okay. Oh, that's, that's a helpful tool. Okay, I'm going to yeah. look that up. Monsters brushing their teeth. That is good to know. Well, we're really thrilled that you are doing one of the Knowledge Community's uh, sponsored sessions at the, the NASPA annual conference. And we're really excited about that. Can't wait to talk to you about what, what you're going to be doing there. But before we get into that, you know, this is our uh, 2020 conference preview episode of the podcast. So for folks who maybe haven't been to NASPA before or are working to navigate it, what is your number one tip for successfully attending and, and navigating the NASPA Annual Conference? Well, I'll say uh, that what I've done here recently is downloaded the, I think it's my, my NASPA app. Uh, and so I'm already able to look at the workshops. And there are so many that are happening at any given time that yeah. now it's been useful to just go through and, and, and highlight the ones. I think you just like hit a little check mark on it, highlight the ones that I think I want to go to. And it takes, it takes quite a while to go through them. Uh, so I think uh, starting to dive into that now uh, probably be really useful. Yeah, that's great advice. That is not something you want to try to figure out five minutes before the session is starting where you want to be. You, it, it's good to plan ahead and, and get that set. Uh, so tell me, you know, you've done all of this great leadership research and thinking and, and you know, so deeply invested in the literature, but I always have to ask folks, what is it right now that you're reading or watching outside of the traditional leadership canon that's, that's giving you some good insights into leadership? Yeah, I think, um, I think I'll give you maybe one reading and one watching. Uh, here lately, my brother uh, got our family Disney Plus, so thank you, Mike. And uh, so there's a National Geographic documentary I watched uh, on Mars, and in particular, NASA launching their rovers to Mars. I think one of them's name was Spirit or something like that. But it was just an amazing story where these team of engineers are dealing with lots of issues and challenges as the mission's coming up. And by the way, Mars and the Earth only come close together for a three-week period when you've got to do the launch or you're going to have to wait about another three years. So they're like oh, wow. crunched on this timeline. They have this moment where they land the rover, it opens up, it connects back to NASA, 
And the team of engineers and the lead uh, engineer leading the team, they're just like going absolutely ballistic. They are, you know, shaking up champagne and drinking it. Mm. And then like the, the moment I thought was so powerful and it was like this moment of like a disobedient encourage the heart. There's a press conference that's about to happen like in another building with it, it seems like it's like three or four bigwigs with NASA, and they're going to announce that this happened. But the lead engineer is like, we're like basically busting in on this press conference, and security's like, you guys can't go in here. But the whole team of like 50, 60 engineers are just like going in there and shouting the name of the uh, of the rover. Uh, so it's just like a powerful moment, and uh, uh, just a great like encourage the heart moment. It's like, man, I want to be a part of that a part of that team. Yeah, uh, really, so I got I got all worked up just hearing about that. That sounds really exciting. Oh, it was it's cool. I would definitely recommend. I don't remember the exact title of it, but I I saw it last week and it was pretty awesome. Awesome. Uh, and in terms of reading, uh, on a personal note, I I read the Bible every day, and uh, I find that you know the the Judeo Christian ethics of love, patience, gentleness, kindness, self control uh, are things that you know I just think we need a bit more kindness in our leadership today. And uh, it helps me kind of focus and think about how am I leading others? Am I really thinking about others uh, when I'm leading them? Uh, so it kind of centers me uh, in the way that I go out and lead in my work. That's awesome. Yeah, lots of, lots of good, I think, leadership insights and, and um, lessons I think we can always get from sacred texts. And, and the Bible obviously yeah. has been teaching people leadership for, for a long time. Um, well, we're really excited about your session at the NASPA Annual Conference. Your session is titled Improving Leadership Programming Through the Alumni Lens. So tell us a little bit about what that is and, and what we can expect. Yeah, so the session is, sort of stems from my dissertation uh, in which I assessed uh, alumni from our leadership programming. What Really, what leadership learning from the programming are they using currently in the workplace? Uh, also, what attributes from the program do they find to be valuable? What did they feel uh, was potentially missing from the program? Uh, but we'll really just spend a few short moments recapping the findings. But from there, I, you know, my hope is that we're going to engage in some interactive dialogue uh, and really bring those findings to life in, in meaningful ways for everybody. Uh, and, you know, I'm taking this kind of the knowledge is in the room approach and the the study really will kind of frame the conversation, but I'm hopeful that we're really going to be learning a lot from each other. So I'm looking forward to being there and learning from other people uh, in that space. That's awesome. Well, I mean, with this being not just a NASA conference presentation for you, but also your dissertation research, obviously this is something you have really dug into and, and spent a lot of time thinking about. And so tell us why this is an important subject for you. Yeah, I think – all of us at some level, myself included, would like to know, want to know that our programs are helping students you know, be awesome after graduation. Uh, it's helping them excel in the workplace, um, helping them have families that thrive. Uh, they're engaged in their communities. Uh, and I think in a lot of ways our research and assessment uh, efforts on campuses fail to capture this piece. Uh, so I think that's, yeah, that's why it's particularly meaningful for me just to, to explore this idea is, is this really, what kind of impact is this having for my students once they leave the institution? 
Yeah. Well, what have you what have you found? I, I, you know, I don't want to uh, give away any spoilers from your presentation, but uh, what are some things that, that you've learned through this research? Yeah, I think I can. I'll just uh, try to touch on a few points. Uh, you know, uh, you know, I was encouraged to find that uh, alumni generally were uh, engaging in the leadership learning from the program in the workplace and found value in that learning. And a few examples is, uh, you know, our students take an EQI assessment. They do some work and create an emotional intelligence kind of action plan. Uh, and, yeah, the, the alumni really having their own EI awareness in the workplace made a, made a big difference in their work. And I, I'm thinking specifically of uh, what's coming to mind is there was a participant that was a young educator, uh, in, in a teaching setting, I, I think K through 12, and this individual, uh, their colleagues thought highly of them. They were like, "This person does not act like a young professional." And she really felt like, as she engaged with parents and that sort of thing, that her EI awareness made a big difference. There was even participants that were like, "You know, I know that I really struggle with empathy, and having that awareness has really helped me in the workplace." So that sort of thing. I think another key piece that our uh, students are taken to the workplace is this idea of leveraging differences on a team. So uh, this awareness that, well, people just aren't exactly like me. They think differently. They behave a little differently. They look at things through a little bit different lens. Uh, and, and knowing that that is an asset. So there's people on my team at work, they're different from me, and, and I can leverage that to make this team really awesome. And so I think uh, I saw that, yeah, alumni from our program were taking that learning in, into the work context. Uh, so those are just a, a few examples. Uh, the other thing uh, that I thought was interesting, so we talk about uh, attributes that are associated with high-quality programs. Uh, and, and we know some about that from the literature uh, in terms of what's happening on our campuses, uh, but the alumni affirm some of those attributes, and the few that are coming to my mind right now is uh, reflection. It's the importance of being reflective and reflecting on what you're doing and reflecting on yourself and reflecting on the way you lead others, uh, and then the importance of building a learning community uh, with diverse perspectives, uh, and just uh, the importance of yeah, just making sure that you are taking intentional time in your leadership programming to build relationships and community, both between peers but also between staff and the students. Uh, and so the alumni from this study pointed out th those particular things were valuable. Hmm. Um, and then the last thing is our, our, some of the alumni wanted uh, continued engagement with the office. Uh, and I thought that was really interesting. I don't know what that might look like for student affairs practitioners. It could look like um, uh, having them be mentors uh, or potentially uh, just engaging them in panels or some type of way to engage alumni from the program back with students. And I'm not sure how that would look like, uh, but it was just an interesting idea that some of the alumni were bringing up. So I would imagine for you, you know, we're going to talk about emotional intelligence. You, you, you know, you're trying to be this impartial researcher, but you're also a leadership educator. And so there's got to be some sort of pride as you're talking with alumni about these great lessons that are carried through from their leadership education, right? Like, it's got to be pretty encouraging and exciting. 
It, it, it very much was. Uh, and just to know that what you're waking up and going to do every day uh, has a long-term impact and has value. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, tell us, and the last question I always like to ask folks is, what is the next question about leadership that you were thinking about? Yeah, uh, John Banter, uh, who's a colleague of mine uh, here at Georgia Southern, uh, we've really been wrestling with uh, what do we really know about co-curricular leadership programs uh, across the country? You know, where are they? Uh, what do they consist of? Who are they? What students are they targeted towards? What does the curriculum look like? And it's sort of an overarching. Um, I think it's going to be sort of an overarching research agenda for us. And I and I and I want to say a starting point that we're looking at to hopefully launch into this spring slash summer is some type of systematic lit review of co-curricular leadership programs. Wow. That sounds like a pretty great uh, conference session for the 2021 NASA uh, <laughs> annual conference. So. If we can wrestle down that beast, then maybe. <laughs> well, awesome. We'll, we, will look, we will look forward to that. Uh, and thank you so much, John, for being with us today. And for those of you who are attending the uh, NASA conference this year in 2020, you can catch Improving Leadership Programming through the Alumni Lens. It's going to be on Tuesday, March 31st at 8 a.m. in room 205 of the JW Marriott. John, thank you so much for being with us today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. So we're really excited to learn from uh, John's research and, and the things that they are uh, really pulling out from uh, this, this great information about what our alumni have, have taken from their leadership programs. What's happening next, Liz? Sure. So this one I'm really excited to talk about. It's one of my favorite events um, that we do at the conference. So we have a SLPKC think tank and award celebration. Um, so it's really a good way to come together and, um, you know, just have really thoughtful conversations around a topic that the conference events team wants to focus on um, and then end with an award celebration to recognize folks who are doing great work in the field. So um, this year we worked with our conference events team um, really to, to narrow down what is a theme that we want to um, really focus on and cover at this year's conference. So um, with conference, um, pre-conference team then wanting to really look at the intersectionality of social identities, um, we thought that the think tank would be really awesome to focus on the um, SALT model, um, which is the mm -hmm. social action, leadership, and transformation model. Um, so I was privileged enough to attend a session from some of the co-authors on that at last year's conference and just absolutely blown away. It was, it was amazing. So um, this year our think tank will be that Tuesday from 10 to 11.30 a.m. Um, and we will dive into discussions around the intersection of leadership programs and diversity, equity, and inclusion work. Um, and then really focusing on that SALT model. Um, so it'll be hosted in the JW Marriott Room 402, um, and we have an awesome uh, panelist team, really excited to um, not only meet them, but hear from them and the work that they're doing. So um, we'll have a panelist portion and then dive into um, some discussions um, at roundtables. So our six panelists that will be joining us this year, um, the first is Dr. Natasha Terman, who is the Director of Women in Science and Engineering Residence Program at the University of Michigan. Um, second, Ray Asuna Luna is the project director of the um, Coogs Rise 
at the Office of Academic Engagement at Washington State University. Um, also, that you heard from earlier, Dr. Hudson, who's the Director of Office Student Orientation, um, Leadership and Engagement at Texas A&M International University. And Ray and Dr. Hudson um, both are a part of the Latinx um, asset-based leadership. So we're excited to have both of them at the think tank as well. Um, then next, we have Dr. Kathy Guthrie, who's the Associate Professor of Higher Education in the Department of Education Leadership and Policy Studies at Florida State University, um, who will also be on the panelist team for a pre-conference. Um, then we have Dr. Cameron Beattie, who's an assistant pre professor for um, Leadership Studies Program and Leadership Learning Research Center in the Educational Leadership and Policy Studies Department at Florida State University. And then last we have Dr. Larry Roper. He is a professor, professor in the School of Language, Culture, and Society and coordinator of the Social Justice Minor in the College of Liberal Arts at Oregon State University. So just an amazing team. I'm very excited. That's a stacked um, panel right there, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, we're, we're just so excited to have them and um, to really hear about um, how they're incorporating diversity, equity, and inclusion work into leadership programs and then some of the work that they've been able to do with the SALT model as well. Um, so really excited about that. So come on over and um, check out our, our Think Taken Award celebration. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then the, right after, we have two more events that Tuesday. So the NASPA Communities Fair that I mentioned was um, kind of separated out from the Graduate Prep and Communities Fair. Um, we will have a table at this year's Communities Fair, and that is Tuesday, March 31st from 1215 to 115 in the Hilton in the Austin Grand Salon. Um, so we will have volunteers from our knowledge community to um, come connect with folks, answer any questions, um, you know, give out resources that we use in the knowledge community um, that are available um, to everyone in NASPA. Um, so please stop by, say hello. Um, we also will have um, current job openings listed out at that table. Um, so if you can't attend the conference and are interested in applying for a position on the SLPKC leadership team, you can visit the SLPKC portal on Volunteer Central. Um, and then if you do have any questions, you can email um, our chairs, our co-chairs, at slpchairs at gmail.com. So um, if you are attending the conference and are interested in one of those positions, stop by our table. Um, we'll be happy to happy to answer any questions or talk about our experience on the knowledge community as well. Awesome. Yeah, come hang out and be on the uh, leadership team with us. Uh, we have a great time, and, and uh, all of these folks can come uh, find out more and, and, uh, and, and get to know everybody there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we're excited. Um, and we'll always, you know, have some awesome promos um, that we're hanging out. So stop and grab some of those as well. Um, and then last, we will end the conference with, I'm also super excited about this event, it's the SLPKC live podcast broadcast. Um, yeah. So, yeah, all thanks to John Mark um, <laughs> and your team. So this will be the first live podcast broadcast at this year's conference. Um, it will be Tuesday, March 31st from 1 to 2 p.m., and we will be in the JW Marriott room 403, so right next door to the think tank. You can just hop over and um, see us right after. Um, and really to come hear stories about leadership from colleagues in the field. And I'll turn it over to you now, John Mark, to, to talk more about the podcast broadcast. 
Absolutely. So that's right. So we have uh, recruited some people to come and, and, and tell us their stories of leadership. And so this isn't a you know, formal presentation. There's no PowerPoints or slides or theory where you want to hear real stories of real leadership educators. And so uh, we're going to give folks the opportunity to stand up and, and tell us what they do, how they lead, and how that leadership has, has impacted them. We're really excited. This is a huge experiment for us. We have never done a live podcast broadcast recording before, uh, but we've got some great folks lined up, and, and uh, we're looking forward to hearing some really cool insights and experiences. Yeah, it's going to be 1 o'clock uh, on Tuesday, March 31st in the JW Marriott Room 403, uh, and promises, I think, to be a really fun uh, and, and unique experience there. So if you enjoy listening to this podcast uh, and you want to see what it's like to actually sit there and, and watch us all talk, uh, please come and <laughs> hang out. Uh, we should have a really good time. So, yes, yeah, so, so thank you so much. What a packed few days at NASPA. You and your team have worked so hard to put together such an incredible experience for everybody. Uh, any last thoughts or pieces of advice for people who are uh, navigating NASPA, either as, a, as an attendee or somebody who wants to get more involved with anything from the Student Leadership Program's knowledge community? Mm. Well, I think for me as a newer member on the knowledge community, um, it's just been such an amazing experience to really know that um, you know, NASPA is a very large conference, and so yeah. for me at first it was, you know, a little overwhelming, and so just to be involved with a community that um, feels like it's, you know, on this smaller scale, and you can really get to know people who are in the same work, um, and as someone in diversity, equity, inclusion work um, with also an interest in leadership programs, it's been really cool to see that there are all kinds of passion areas that come into leadership programs and on the knowledge community. So um, it's just been a fantastic experience um, to get to know people who have um, been in the field for a really long time, um, mm. who are doing great work, who have, um, you know, done a lot of research around student leadership, um, and just to really put um, a humanness to it, you know. Um, so I remember the first time um, one of the think tanks, um, Dr. Stephen Komovis, was um, sitting at one of the roundtables. And as a grad student, I'm like, oh, my goodness, I'm <laughs> reading some of the work you're doing, <laughs> you know. Uh -huh. so, um, just to put those, you know, amazing colleagues in the field um, a, a face to them and um, really to start to get to know some of those people who are doing great work. Um, who are on our own knowledge community has just been uh, really special. So I'm excited to be a part of the knowledge community and just glad that we have um, opportunities um, at these different events to really get connected and um, learn what people are doing in real time and who will be honest about these are things that have worked for me in the past, these are things that didn't work, or, mm -hmm. you know, this might work for me on my campus, but here's how it might apply to your campus, which might have different demographics or um, be, you know, large public versus small liberal arts, you know, so um, just really enjoyed my time. Yeah, uh, same. So we're, we're really excited for uh, the things that you and your team have put together for the conference. Such great opportunities for folks to learn about leadership, but also to engage and connect uh, and spend time with some amazing colleagues. And so we have got the uh, annual conference constituency guide in the podcast description for this episode for folks to download. You can also follow us 
Uh, our Instagram account is NASPA, at NASPA underscore SLPKC, or we're on Twitter at NASPA SLPKC, and we'll be pushing out lots of information for folks there as well. So Liz, thank you so much for being here today, and, and uh, good luck for a fantastic conference. Oh, thank you. I look forward to seeing everyone there, and thank you again for having us today. Absolutely. We will see you all in Austin.